Luke wrote it this way. Luke, he wrote the gospel of Luke. Stand, Luke chapter 1, we'll turn. See, Luke wrote the gospel that has his name on it, but it didn't stop there. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And he said, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. That means in my book of Luke. I talked about until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chose. And he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things that pertaineth to the kingdom of God, and was assembled together with them. Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jesus. And he goes on to say, he said, but go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard from me. And then it goes a little bit further. He says, it's not unto you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world of the, of the earth. And when Jesus had spoken these things, as they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him from sight, and Jesus was gone. And the Bible says, while they stood steadfastly toward heaven, their eyes looking up, their mouths dropped open, that two angels appeared unto him, unto them, and stood by, and they said, and this is where I take my title from, they said, why do you, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? Is this, or rather this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven? Have you ever made this statement? If I only knew you were coming. If I only knew you were coming. Let me talk a little bit about heaven. Let me talk to you a little bit about what this life, when it ends on earth, what we have in store over there. Let me just remind you. Father, we thank you for the touch of God. We thank you for what we feel, the worship, and now your word. And I pray that you would speak to us, we pray, in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Some five years ago, Zane would have been a little younger, February the 5th, 2011, to be exact, for some reason I wrote that down. Zane, I, I was putting you to sleep, bud, and, and uh, you had an interesting conversation. Now, if you've ever talked to Zane, you know that that's easy to have. We can have great conversations. It was a little bit better than the one Zoe had with me that same night, in which Zoe, now she'd have been five years ago, you'd have been like, I guess, four, and you informed me that you loved me, but you didn't like me. And that's what you told me four, five years ago. But we were driving, Zane, you and I, and you got real serious. And you looked at me and you said, Dad, when we get to heaven, will the pizzas be made of gold? I responded that I didn't think so. It would be kind of hard to chew. You asked me, Zane, will all my Lego men be real in heaven? I had to think about that. And then it keeps going. If you ever had children, you know there's one question after another. The next question was, Daddy, will the trees be made of candy? And I begin to hum the big rock candy mountain, big rock candy mountain. Y'all don't know that song, but I do. But I realized that you were serious, Zane, and I remember it vividly. That sometimes those questions that seem a little off, they're, they're masking a very serious question. And we, 
We had a conversation in that car about heaven. Heaven's a very real thing. I grew up as a kid hearing about the coming of the Lord and, and songs like what we just sung. And you could pick up any hymnal and go through it. it was, if you didn't have a heaven song sung at a church service, you just really didn't have church. I remember hearing about the second coming of the Lord. And I like, I mean, uh, I would hear the, the sermons of the rapture. And I, I remember being scared and nervous. I've told you this story before. But uh, I, I remember that this was long before you had cell phones and private messages and text. I've got about 19 ways I can get a hold of someone now if I really want to. Fortunately, some of those still don't work. But, uh, but you know, that was back in the day. All you had was the phone on the wall. And, and, and a lot of people in, in, in uh, uh, the, the late 80s, none, no, a lot of not people I knew had even answering machines. They'd just ring and ring. I'd call, and if I didn't get a message from my mom and dad's work, or if I didn't hear from them, I'd think the rapture came. Any of you kids ever live like that? You just you can't get a hold of somebody, and you just think the rapture's come, and you're like, oh my. There were times that I was scared half out of my mind, because I knew if the rapture had come, why am I behind? I remember sermons that preachers preached on the rapture, on heaven and in hell. I remember one, and, and, and some of you, Sister uh, uh, Stacy and, 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 and those of you that were in uh, the Missouri youth camps along with me, you may remember there was a sermon where, a pre I wish I remember who it was, I've tried to think about it, I was asking uh, uh, different ones, you know, Brother Donnie Sharon and those, and we couldn't, we couldn't put it out, but I remember he was talking about uh, uh, hell, and, and as the preacher would preach, he was walking through the crowd, and he had it all planned beforehand, I realized later, but he would tap people on the shoulder, and they would just get up and walk out, and you know, no one knew what was going on, but at the end, he said, now look around you. We look around, and, and there was big holes in the congregation, there were, and, and, he, and he, said, he said, those, they, they didn't make it, and it just it gripped my heart. I remember, and then I, I remember, now we can't do this now, but there was a youth camp I went to, where Brother Tim Tyson, pastors in, in Hillsbury, Hillsboro, Missouri, he put on a fireman's bunker suit, you know, that the firemen wear, because it's, it's flame proof, and they put, they put kerosene down his back and they lit him on fire, because it's a fire suit, he don't feel it, and he ran through the congregation while the preacher was preaching about hellfire and brimstone, and I don't remember anything else about that sermon except the dude that was on fire running through, and, and, and I, it, that's all you needed, the, the altars filled up, people clawing their way to the front, hell and heaven is a very real thing. But I, I like that the angels, they look back at, at these disciples who have just watched Jesus leave their midst. And the angels make this promise. He's coming back. If you read Revelation 3.11, it says, Behold, I come quickly. Now some of us may say, well, well that don't make any sense. It's been like 2,000 years and he still hasn't come. Well, it's not your time frame and my time frame. But he is coming quickly. He says it over and over in the book of Revelation at least four times. I'm coming quickly. There, there's two distinct reactions that come when someone begins to talk about Jesus is coming back. You ever been at a, at a restaurant and you're sitting there with your friends and you're catching up and the waiter comes and says, oh, oh I'll, I'll come back when you're ready. Anybody ever had that happen? You ever played a game of hide and seek or tag and you count down and when you get to the end you say ready or not? 
Okay, I thought for a minute all y'all's childhoods have been horrible. Ready or not, here I come. See, that's the way the Lord is. He says, I'm coming. Whether you're ready or not, the, the optimal thing is be ready. Read uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night when they shall say peace and safety. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they won't escape. You better be ready. Our second Peter, he wrote in his second epistle, chapter 3, he says, I'm, I'm writing this to stir up your minds by pure remembrance, to be mindful of the words that were spoken of by the holy prophets and the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing that in the last days there's going to be scoffers, knowing that in the last days they will walk after their own lusts and they'll say, oh, where is the promise of that coming. Where is the one? For since our fathers died, things continue as they have. Nothing's changed. But this is what they're willingly ignorant of. That one day with the Lord is as a thousand. That the word of the heavens there of old and the earth was standing out of the water and in the water. This means before Noah's time. That, that just at the word, he overflowed it with water and they perished he just spoke and it started raining. He just spoke and the geysers erupted from the, from the bottom of the earth. But he said it's that same word of God that holds the heavens and earth now, kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But don't be ignorant of this thing. I already said it. One day with the Lord is as a thousand. And a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning this promise as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt up with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are there, therein shall be burned up. Noah's generation, if they would have really been serious, if they would have really known, what do they say, hindsight's 2020? If they would have really known that he was going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a rain that would flood until it covered the mountains, they would have gotten on the ark. I can almost hear them as they're drowning. Maybe it's kind of that gurgling you see on cartoons. But they're hollering out, if I'd only knew that you really meant you were going to destroy the world, I'd have been ready. It's the five foolish virgins that didn't have enough oil. And they ran out. They, they would be the ones that would say, if I would have only known exactly what time the bridegroom was coming, I would have been ready. Some of you men remember September, or September 2013. We went to men's conference. And uh, while we were there, it was the Thursday night. Sorry, I'm picking on my children. But it was that time my wife called me in the middle of church. She knew I was in church. I answered the phone and she said, Brandon, the kids are losing it. I stepped out and I called and, and Zane and Zoe, they were in full sobbing hysterical mode. In fact, if I understand correctly, they've been wailing for an hour. Zane said, Daddy, I didn't tell you bye this morning. I said, yes, you did. I put you on the bus and I gave you a hug. I'll be home in two more sleeps. And he said, okay, and he got off the phone. Same conversation with Zoe. If I'd have just known, 
What was really interesting is I left outside of the, of the foyer after talking to Sister Buford. I came back in men's conference and Brother Jerry Dean was preaching. And it was that same night, even that same moment, he began to tell a story of his youth when he was at youth camp and, and he, he didn't want to stay at youth camp in Texas when he had a bad day and so he, he got on that phone and he put his, his money in there and he dialed his dad and he asked his dad, he said, Dad, come get me from camp. I don't want to be here. His dad said, Jerry, it would take me six hours just to get there. To which Brother Jerry Dean, I remember him preaching it. I just had a conversation with my own kids. Brother Jerry Dean said, he, he said, Dad, if I just knew you were on your way, I could make it. That's kind of how I feel today. Lord, just the simple fact that I know that one day you're going to split the eastern sky means I can walk through this life and no matter what trial or temptation, no matter what sickness or destitution it may come, Lord, I can make it if I just know you're coming. It, 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 now that's, that's Buford's way of talking. The theological way is to go to the book of John chapter 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Can I tell you, standing there at the bed just for about 15 minutes right before church, standing there at the foot of the bed of, of, of Sister Sponsler, while she couldn't say it, I know what she's thinking. I can handle life because he's coming. I can handle calamity. I can handle sickness. I can handle adversity because I know you are coming. Any of you ever counted the days to a certain event? Where's Sister Morgan at? Is she here? Uh, see, somebody got to talk to her. She didn't come to church. She started singing and she didn't come back. <clears throat> My goodness. Is that you, Brother Andy, back there? You better do something. My. If she was here, and she is, but if she was here, she'd take exactly how many days to her wedding. Now, I'm kind of confident. I don't know if you're the same way, Brother Andy, but, but you ought to be because it's going to happen whether you like it or not, but... She could kind of say, I can handle anything. Because I know in December, I'm going to get to marry Andy and everything's going to be hunky-dory and we'll never have another problem and we'll be rich and millionaires and the car will never break down. She says, "I just, just get me there. <laughs> oh, y'all are laughing. There's Sister Morgan. I'm so glad you're here. But, but, you know, not to pick on Sister Morgan, but all you the same way. Many of you, you live life. Now, don't look at her. That's mean. Now, why would you ever look at her and make her feel bad? That's awful. Some of you are the same way though. You grew up life and you said, Lord, I want you to come, but wait till I turn 16 and I can drive. Anybody ever said that? Uh-huh. Anybody ever said, Lord, I love you and I really want you to come and I'm going to live for you, but Lord, please let me get married. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, it's that way, but, but let me just tell you, the simple fact, you'll know why I can go through life and, and I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I can match you step for step for every sob story and every hurt that you have in your life. I've walked in your shoes. I've walked in the valley of the shadow of death. I've walked in sickness. I've walked in turmoil. But the one thing that, that keeps me is I know he's coming. The, 
the 80, and, and, and this is just a round number, the 80 years that you might have on earth or less or more depending on how it is is just but a small drop in the bucket of eternity and you ought to live this life for tomorrow. I can make it because I know he's coming. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says it this way. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep. Don't sorrow. Don't think that they don't have any hope. But we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will not prevent them that are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend as an archangel, with, or shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we that are alive shall be caught up to, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so forever we will be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words. But the times, my brethren, that you, that in, in the seasons that, that I, I, you don't have need, this is chapter 5, you don't have need for me to write unto you. For you know perfectly, he said, that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. We read that. Let me skip down. Therefore, don't sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober. Let them that, that sleep, let them sleep in the night. Let them that are drunken be drunk in the night. But you are of the day. You are of the light, he was saying. Be sober. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet. The hope of salvation for God hath not appointed you to wrath. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. That whether you are awake or asleep. Whether you die or you're alive when the trumpet sounds. We'll live together with him. So comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as you do. This is what he said to do. If he hasn't come yet, keep doing this. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. Don't render evil for evil. Follow that which is good. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Don't quench the spirit. Despise not the prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. Because he's coming soon. If I only knew you were coming. I've thought long and hard and, and you have too, I know. Those moments where you kind of put yourself at heaven. And, and while we understand we don't judge, but in the human mind and psyche, it's we, we're going to judge. We, you'll look and you'll say, man, I wonder what it would be like. And you'll think of somebody in your mind that may not be walking right or may not have the truth. And you'll say, I wonder what it would be like to stand in front of God and Him look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you. And I can just hear the wails of those that would say, oh, the Bible was true. If I would have only known the Bible was true, I'd have been ready. But no, you and I today, it's not if I knew you were coming. It's I know you're coming. Just 
pick up a paper. Pick up a, 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 an electronic device and read the news. Just look at the days. You can tell this world is fast coming to a close. But I can handle it. I don't know what side of the tribulation you want to be on. We got pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. There's a whole lot of things. But you know what? It don't matter what happens. I can make it because I know he's coming. There's times I go to bed and I say, God, I know you're coming. And I'm not going to waste any time that would potentially keep me from being with you. If I only knew you were coming. I want us just to stand for a moment. It's coming, my friend. And I don't want you to try to figure it out when it's too late. You need to figure it out today. I hated that I missed this morning. We were driving. I had my own Google Play music going. We had some good southern gospel blaring in the car. And I had a good time. But it wasn't like being with you. In fact, I heard some great things, Brother Steve. I heard we got a new name written up in glory named Steve Williamson. I kind of like that. Luke Levine, he, he sent me a picture of you, and, but I didn't, get the tie, I didn't get the caption until after. And I saw you in a suit and tie, and I'm in. I said, man, he looks good. He's all in a suit and tie. And that wasn't the point. They were trying to tell me you got the Holy Ghost in you. I'm going to tell you, Jesus looks good on you. I can make it because I know he's coming. And we're going to make sure that we never waste a church service, that we don't waste a prayer meeting, that we don't waste an opportunity to testify of the goodness of God, to, to say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because I know he's coming. Why don't you comfort yourselves together with this as we begin to sing? Why don't you just celebrate the fact that you know what's coming? And it's going to be good. Soon and very soon.